Welcome to 412 Canada. Thanks for joining us. My name is Kim Hutchins. At 412, we're equipping the church for greater influence through serving. 412 is a ministry of Faith Baptist Church in Huntsville, Ontario. Well, we are so excited to be able to continue to equip you as a podcast and now on YouTube. As I mentioned on our previous episode and in our episode 20 of the 412 Canada podcast, we are not able to have our conference this spring. And so we have a unique opportunity now to encourage and equip you with different guests that we are bringing up each week. Today, we're going to have Rich Birch on, and he was on just in our previous episode, and we had a great conversation about church trends and volunteering through this season and how to create community during this time. So I'm going to welcome Rich on again. He is the executive director at Camp Minioe and the founder of Unseminary, which I'm super excited to talk about today. Thanks for joining us, Rich. Hey, I'm so glad to be here. This feels like the Kim show. You know, it's like Oprah's got a show. We've got the Kim show. It's That's good. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm glad that I could have you on as my first guest oh, for happy the to be video here. experience. Happy to be here. It's <laughs> good stuff. Um, now, you are the founder of Unseminary. And we're yeah. going to talk a little bit about that today because mm -hmm. I know mm -hmm. we didn't get into it last time. Mm -hmm. But again, so Unseminary is a part or a, a blog, right? Yes, it's yes, all those things. A podcast, a blog, <laughs> online courses. We do coaching yeah. and stuff with churches too. So yeah, a bunch of different uh, pieces of it. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, and I love the tagline. What is that again? It's, it's stuff you wish they taught yeah. in seminary. So it's really targeted at church leaders. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that you'll hear, you know, like a pastor, you know, ministry leader or whatever, they'll often say like, oh, they didn't teach that in seminary. And it's, <laughs> it's like a shorthand for like, oh, I'm a little overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. And so uh, on seminary, we're trying to really help with those things that they don't teach in seminary that ironically, actually, interestingly, um, we often find are actually are things that are helping churches grow, that are actually helping them reach more people, be more effective. And so, yeah, um, yeah that's what it's all about. That's good. Well, and before we get into that, and I know a number of your answers are going to be, we're going to talk a little bit about the current pandemic that we're mm -hmm. in and how that affects everything mm -hmm. that we're doing. But before we get into that, what is something new that you've done in this past year that maybe was fun or exciting or different? That's a great question. So I would say there's definitely a renewed, my wife and I have a renewed love for just walking, like just going out in the afternoon, going for a walk. That's been a part of it. Also, uh, so I got like one of those um, like ride at home bike things mm -hmm. and that's yeah, we been great. That. Yeah, we were talking about that <laughs> earlier and it's been, I, 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 we were talking about this earlier. I, when I first got it, I was like, oh, I'm, my goal would be to do 50 rides in 60 days. I was like, that would feel like, oh, that's a good steward. Like I'm actually using it, kind of forcing myself to, uh, you know, to get into it. And I ended up doing like 80 some odd rides in the first 60 days. So it, oh I've just loved it. It's been so great and, you know, and fun. And I, I never was, it's like a spin bike. I was never into spin or any no. of that before um, <laughs> and have just loved it. It's fantastic. So oh, yeah, that's good. good. That's so exciting, right? It's so interesting yeah. to hear what different people say totally. they've kind of picked up or done that's different in this past year that, you know what, sometimes we just didn't have time to in the past. Right. And this is such a new opportunity to yeah, try absolutely, it out. Absolutely, for sure. That's <laughs> good. Well, let's get into um, your the unseminary. And mm -hmm. I specifically, like I was looking on your website and I thought it was so cool. So you've got these cohorts mm -hmm. and you're equipping people. And so how does that work? <laughs> Great question. <laughs> so yeah, so we do, so the cohorts actually started during the pandemic. So mm -hmm. pre-pandemic, I was doing um, like coaching on-site coaching with churches and yeah. it wasn't all the time but it was you know kind of a normal you know piece of the you know which is where I spent my days and 
um, so when the pandemic hit, we ended up kind of pivoting because I wasn't going to get on a plane anymore. And I still had a number of churches that were like, hey, we'd love to keep connecting. Is there a way that we can do yeah. something together? And for years, I've had friends of mine that have done like remote cohorts like that, where you get a group of leaders together um, and, you know, help them kind of journey through a season together. And uh, I've always been like, I'm terrible online. I can't do Zoom. It's not <laughs> not any good. Um, but we decided to try it. And actually, it's been, I love it. It's like my, the favorite thing I do okay. with on seminary. And so they're, most of them are, well, they're all three months long and they're, you know, targeted on specific things. So we've been doing an executive pastors one where it's a group of a dozen executive pastors and we meet every other week for three months. And, you know, it's interesting. People, what keeps happening in those experiences is people come in because they think there's going to be great content. Like they're mm -hmm. like, oh, we're going to talk about things that are helpful. And they come in with problems yeah. that we'll, you know, we'll try to help. Uh, but actually people's outcome, what they love is the fact that they've had, have a network of friends now across, uh, mostly across the States, but across Canada too. Yeah. Um, and so, and then we're doing another one right now that's all focused uh, with churches on the volunteer re-engagement issue particularly. Yes, so it's a yeah. group of um, church leaders, um, mostly staff, or they're all staff, who are working through the kind of re-engagement question. How, how are we re-engaging, rebuilding uh, our teams? And so, again, we have content that we provide. I do it with a, a good friend of mine, Christine Kreischer from uh, Pennsylvania. We do them together. And yeah, we do present content. It's, you know, but, but really, the, the, the bulk of it is about getting people to talk to each other. We'll, we'll talk about that the expertise is really in the room. It's about mm -hmm. helping each other and, and wrestling with each other's problems. And, um, and, you know, oftentimes just hearing a part of what those experiences are is there's this hot seat where people come with like a problem from their church. And, um, and then we all get a chance to kind of help and, you know, give some, some feedback. And uh, people often say that's like the best part of it. They love the fact that okay. e even hearing other people's problems is like, oh yeah, I didn't realize I had that same problem. But now that you say it, we do. <laughs> right? and, uh, and, then, and then hearing multiple perspectives, you know, and it's rare for church leaders to get in a room in a place where they feel like it's safe enough to share mm -hmm. a problem and then have people who are kind of in their corner saying, yeah, well, you should try this or here's some stuff that we've tried in, in our, in our boat. So that's the, that's how the cohort thing works. It's been great. It's been, and we'll keep yeah. doing it. I, you know, we'll see, um, you know, most of North America is still in some sort of, you know, even in the South, you know, they're still in, you know, kind of dealing with co uh, you know, COVID. And so it's, it had, they had really taken a pretty COVID specific, they felt a lot of it's like related to that. Mm -hmm. And so we'll see kind of as what happens in the you know coming year or so if, if we'll keep doing it. But I think we will. There still, still seems to be strong interest in them. Yeah, that's so neat. I love how you take that and you equip them, right? And yeah. then that trickles down into their churches. Yeah, and so absolutely. are they seeing good effects of that absolutely. in their volunteer culture there? Yeah, totally. And that's really the goal is ultimately yeah. to help you know, churches, it's a strange season, right? None of us mm -hmm. have loved, it's, it's classic on seminary. None of us were taught in <laughs> seminary how to lead a church through a pandemic. Yeah. And so, you know, we're all tr trying to figure it out. And although, you know, it's that saying we keep here, hearing um, we're in the same boat, but facing different storms or in the same storm, but in different boat, like we're, you know, it's, we're, there's a lot of similarities yeah. and it's a unique time because we can learn because of the way reopening has been happening across mm -hmm. North America. There are some churches that are considerably farther ahead than others. And so you can, it's like peering into the future a little bit and be like, hey, let's talk to some kids ministry people in an area that has been open for a while. If you yeah. haven't opened kids ministry before, you get a chance to kind of learn what, what has that been like. Um, so it's, yeah, it's been fascinating. 
Yeah, and I love this because it kind of ties in. I've been reading a lot of Ephesians 4 lately, mm -hmm. and especially based Ephesians mm -hmm. 4.12 for us, but yes. um, equipping the church. And I love how you're doing that. And how do you find, you know, in Ephesians when it talks about living a life worthy of your calling because you've been called by God. And mm -hmm. I just would love to hear your thoughts on that and how you use that to equip. Yeah, that's, that's a great question. So there's so much rich stuff there in Ephesians 4. I love... Um, you know, when, when it lists out the, uh, the, the different kind of offices of the church, you yeah. know, preachers and all that, the, the, the original language there talks about uh, that those leaders are the gift to the church. It's not that they have spiritual gifts, mm -hmm. that they're actually gifts to the church, that as, like, as people, they're gifts. And which, I, which I've, often, I've often reflected on that. I've actually used that language with people like, wow, you're a yeah. real gift to our church. Like, you're, like it's amazing. You're given to us. And, you know, and I think, and then, you know, specifically Ephesians 12, 4.12, uh, you know, this idea that as Christ followers, which I'm assuming if you've made it this far into the video, you probably follow Jesus or you've found the wrong video on YouTube. Um, and, uh, but welcome but anyways. We're right? glad you're here. We're glad you're here. Uh, but, you know, if you're a follower of Christ, we believe, we de desperately believe that he's laid out a path for you uh, to serve within the church. And, and the thing that, the great thing about Ephesians 4, it's a great reminder for particularly for folks that work in the church that are like mm -hmm. uh, leaders in the church, that our job is to equip others to really help them live their best life, to help them fully engage, to be totally the person that God's called them to be. And, mm -hmm. and we believe that a big part of that is serving within the local church, actually saying, hey, I want to give back. I want to exercise those muscles. And so, yeah, there's, again, there's so much rich stuff there in, in, in Ephesians 4. And I love that, you know, 412 obviously is based on, you know, on that. It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Love it. And do you think um, for someone who maybe is sitting at home and they haven't served and they're like, I'd love to serve a church. I don't know where to start. How could they or how would you encourage them to figure out what their calling is? Like what skills has God given them to equip mm. the, so that we could equip them and so they can serve? But where, where could they go for that? Oh, that's a very deep question. We could spend a lot of time <laughs> working know. on that. That's like, how, how do you help people find their path in yeah. three easy, pithy statements? Well, I would say there's two things. First of all, I, I do think... Uh, that you, as a Christ follower, you've been given spiritual gifts. And mm -hmm. so God has uniquely um, equipped you. He's given you this thing inside of you that uh, needs to be fully expressed in, mm -hmm. in the world around you, needs to be fully expressed within in the church. And so there, that's a journey. I, I really do think, so there's lots of like, you can do assessments and like take personality tests and all that stuff. And th although that's fine, I actually think it's better to um, find your gifts out in community that actually mm -hmm. you're, you're better to find yourself in relationship with people who can affirm in you, who can say, wow, I see you as, you know, a communicator. I see you as a, you know, someone with the gift of helps, or I see you with, you know, the gifts of giving, like someone who, who I think it's more powerful when you find yourself in community to the point where then people can actually uh, call that out of you and actually point that out. Hey, this is what I see happening in you. More so than a test. Sure, tests are fine, yeah. but they're impersonal as opposed to, I, I think the way gifts are supposed to be uh, operate within the church is we're supposed to affirm them in each other. So then the flip side of that is if you're leading in the church, we should be thinking about the people that we're leading through that lens and thinking, hmm, what, what, is their, what do we think their spiritual gifts are? Mm -hmm. um, those things that seem to have disproportionate results uh, based on their effort put in, right? It's like God does, we put in the short distance and he goes the long distance, right? Oh, yeah. We do we do some small step and it, it goes a long way. And so, uh, and, 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 and then actually speaking that out to people. For whatever reason, the Western culture, we're just not good at that. We're not right. good at like lifting up each other up and saying, you know, I really see this in you. I see you, you know, whatever that is. And um, 
so yeah, I think that's, you know, that's a big piece of it. How are you trying to find out your spiritual gifting? I would say that's yeah. one way. Now, the other part of it, though, so this is, I would say, is like the other side of that coin or the other, you know, sharp edge of that, you know, sword is I don't want you as a Christ follower to be so obsessed with your spiritual gifts that you will not serve just out of a heart of service because right. we follow a savior who ultimately died on the cross, who we saw the night before his death, he was saying, Lord, if there is any other way, please take this away from me, which is a terrible thing to say. And he said it. Yeah. And, and, but then, but where did he resolve? He said, but you know what, if there's no other way, then this is the way I'll go, I'm going to go. And I think that should be the pattern of our lives in the mm. same way that, that we should come to service to our churches in, in yes, we want to understand what are our spiritual gifts, but we also should come with a towel over one arm and say, mm -hmm. hey, how can I help? How can I plug in? What can I do? Connect with some leaders and say, I just want to serve. And it, it may not feel great. And you may be like, this is not, <laughs> I'm not, uh, we were picking in the last, picking on the grade five boys in the last episode, but like, I don't want to change diapers. I'm terrible at, you know, true, you know right? stuff. I yeah. don't want to do that. But your church might need you to do that. And, yeah. and that's okay. Like that's, that is a part of it. And, and I think we have to hold both of those in balance. Mm -hmm. I think both of those are a part of the equation. We, we should be pursuing what are our spiritual gifts, understanding those, trying to seek to understand those, asking people, you know, your small group leader, pastors, people you trust, hey, what do you think? What do you, how do you see God at work in me? But then on the other side, also just being willing to say, I, I just am willing to serve. I'm willing to, mm -hmm. to lean in. And a part of the process of learning your spiritual gifts is just trying stuff and learning. And, and so eventually you'll be like, yeah, that's definitely not what it is. And, you know, maybe it's something else. So <laughs> you know. I think there's the two sides of that. For sure. And I think definitely during the season, right? Like serving has changed so much. And yes. now, especially with online church, and maybe you find we need people to host an yes. online service, right? And just to welcome people online. And maybe that's not something you want to do, or you've even thought about before. But if we just came and if we, it's Philippians 2, 5, you must have the same attitude as Christ Jesus. Mm. And I think if we just came with that attitude at yes. everything we did, yep. it'd be so effective, right? In communicating God's love to everybody. Absolutely. So. There's so much joy and freedom there for people. Mm -hmm. Like I don't, I know as a parent, we've kind of said our, our motto for our family is help others. And actually at our house, um, at all our, we've moved, moved a couple times for our kids' lives. We always, right at the door they would leave, we have this sign that says that, help others. Yeah. It's trying to remind us as we leave, that's our orientation in life. Our orientation needs to be other-centered. How do we live our lives focused on others? And that's really where we find freedom and joy. And that's how God designed it. Like that's how we're designed to live, mm -hmm. which is so countercultural to the way, you know, the world has us wired up, right? And that's, yeah. I would say the one, um, my one concern with like, um, personality tests, spiritual, you know, inventory, spiritual gift inventories, Enneagram stuff, all of that stuff I think is good and mm -hmm. interesting, but it needs to be tempered with at the end of the day, we're just called to serve. We're just yeah. called to, to lay, to lay down our lives ultimately. And you know, laying down our lives might look like changing a few diapers and it's yeah. going to be okay. Like that's going to be fine. You're going to survive. It's going to be good. It's so true, right? <laughs> yes. You'll get through it. Even if it's picking up garbage or yes, welcoming people yes, or whatever it may be. Yep. Um, you know, what is a verse that you find really encourages mm. you, uh, especially in thinking of serving or equipping others? What is a verse that just gets you fired up and ready to go? Oh, that's a great <laughs> question. You know, so recently, it's not a verse, but recently um, I have been struck again by the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5 and okay. beyond. And, and particularly the, like the life that Jesus is portraying there for us is yeah. just so like 2000 years ago when he stood on that hill and proclaimed that people turned their heads and they're like, 
what did he just say? Like, mm -hmm. what, what, is he, what is he talking yeah. about? And we're still saying that 2,000 years later, right? We're still wrestling with so much of what he talked about there. And, um, you know, um, recently I was talking to uh, a relative of mine who um, is, has walked away from the faith and okay. is, um, you know, no longer a, uh, would, a, would say they no longer identify themselves as a Christian. And I got in a fascinating conversation uh, recently where kind of out of the blue, they said to me, you know, I, I really like Jesus. It's, it's not, it's not that I don't like Jesus. Yeah. It's like, it's all the rest of it. It's, it's all the, you know, and, and so the, the, the you know, shorthand <laughs> joke I, I said, it's like, so are you saying it's like, you like Jesus, it's just his friends I'm not aware, I'm not sure I like. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, that's basically it. And I'm, I'm like, I, I, and, and so a part of what, even looking at the, you know, Sermon on the Mount again, has come a little bit through that lens of like, hey, like, yeah, I think we, we need to keep bringing people back to that. I need to keep yeah. coming back. I need to keep coming back to what is it that Jesus is calling us. So I would say that if you were going to, you know, pinhole me, I would say that would be most recently what's kind of captured my imagination again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is so great, Rich. And <laughs> I love asking that question because it's so interesting how different passages have affected different people, mm -hmm. right? And mm -hmm. it always gives you a fresh perspective. And I love how it always brings the scriptures alive, totally. right? Yeah, Which yeah. is so cool Absolutely. to see. Yeah. yeah, it's amazing how, right, we follow, uh, well, we follow Jesus, but we understand him through scripture. And, you know, it's fascinating, right, that this fixed text, it's a, I've joked with, uh, so I'm not a teaching pastor, <laughs> but I've spent a lot of time with teaching pastors and helping them with communication and stuff. And and one of the things I've, I've joked with uh, lots of teaching pastors over the years, I'm like, you don't actually want to be too creative. Like, you don't actually, you don't want to come up with some brand new idea because if you're coming up with some brand new idea chances are it's probably not biblical because we do teach a fixed text like there yeah. is there are a fixed number of words there's a fixed number of ideas there's not it's not open for like well let's just keep adding stuff to it that's that's not how it works but isn't it amazing that even though we're, we're you know we keep coming back to these same words these same ideas just all the, the kind of amazing lessons we can pull out and, and apply to our lives and the difference it makes in, in our lives. Just amazing, incredible, it's incredible. Yeah, and I just was thinking, um, because you're so great at encouraging, and one of your, I know you do cards for people. Do you sure. still do that where you would write out encouraging cards yeah, to people? Yeah, totally. Yeah, um, yeah. And I just thought, what, how, can you explain to us how you got started on that? For those that are leading volunteers too, especially through this time and making a personal connection and just, you know, being the hands and feet of Jesus, what's a, a great way to do that? Yeah, so take one step back to kind of the mindset side of it. Mm -hmm. I think as, as, a, as a leader, as a person who's choosing to lead folks, um, the people who, who are volunteering for us in this case or working for us or on our teams, um, we have to, I th our hard orientation needs to be, man, we are just so thankful mm -hmm. that these people are choosing to serve with us. I think there was a previous generation that didn't have that attitude, that there mm -hmm. was this idea that it kind of went, goes to the sacrifice thing where it's like, you're just supposed to serve, like yeah. just suck it up. Like what, you know, I shouldn't <laughs> so have to true. thank you. I, I shouldn't have to like provide a nice place for you to get yeah. donuts before and after. I, none of, I shouldn't have to do that. Why am I doing that? Just serve. And I don't actually think that's God's orientation towards us. I think mm -hmm. his orientation towards us is like, wow, when his kids take a step towards him, in this case in service, mm -hmm. he like is so excited by that. He's like, he lavishes his, he's so excited, he's fired up by that. Like we see with the you know par parable of the prodigal son, like the father takes a step back and the, the, the dad's like, man, this is amazing. 
So uh, there's a mindset issue, first of all, which is I don't, I think you have to challenge yourself as a leader. What do I actually think? Mm -hmm. Now, the other part of it is every, functionally, everyone who volunteers with you, they have lots of other things they could be doing with their time. They have, and we're going to see this in the next year mm -hmm. as we try to recall volunteers to our churches. Um, there were people who, they just got in the routine of like, that's ah, what I do. Every Sunday I show up and I, I'm there for five hours and I do my, and it has been an unchecked part of their life. It's mm -hmm. just a rhythm. And, and now they haven't done that for a while. And they're saying, I'm not sure I want to do that again. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure I want to give up that five hours. I don't think that makes them evil. I don't think that makes them like a <laughs> terrible person. I, I think that's understandable. It is. Yeah. I think on our yeah. side, we have to compete though and say with them and, and to let them know um, what we actually think, which is we're, we're, we're just desperately thankful for the act that they serve. And so, yeah. you know, thank you cards is a part of that. I think there's lots of ways to appreciate volunteers, but one of the things that I, has been a practice in my life is to try to consistently write letters and notes to people. And, and you know, a, a, an easy best practice is if you take, if you're a volunteer leader and, and let's say you have like eight people on your team, get all the addresses of those eight people on your team, print them out on labels, put them on, get a bunch of cards, and stack all the, do all this work at once. They probably take half an hour to pull yeah. all this together, stack them and put them on your desk. And then every week, just um, put it in your calendar. Monday, you take one of those out and you write a note and pop it in the mail. And don't worry about who's on the list. Just pull who's ever next on the list oh, yeah. and keep sending them to people. Now, what I've found over the years of doing that is there is always, I have not come to a week where I pick one of those up and I'm like, there's not something I can't be thankful for that person for. <laughs> There's not something where I could say, wow, I saw you do this. And this is the difference it's making. That's all you're doing when you're appreciating people. I saw, I saw you, you did something yeah. and this is the difference it, it made. Um, you know, that's an easy thing for all of us to apply. You got to actually do it. It's one of those things that's easy to say. You got to actually yeah. get the cards and, and make all that happen. <laughs> but I think there's a lots of ways. Like I think, you know, creating, and you do a great job on this, you know, at, with, you know, what the stuff I've engaged with you on at the church. Like it's, what's the environment like when people arrive? How do we, mm -hmm. um, you know, how do we make it a great, even here today, you've set out like donuts and stuff, which I don't really need, <laughs> but like it's, it's, a, but we always want something there's nice, a hospitable right? edge yeah. to that, right? There's yeah. a, there's a, hey, we've got to, uh, we've, again, people have other things to do in their lives. Yeah. Their time is super important to them. And so we want to go out of our way to make sure they feel, that we just, they know what we think of them. It's making yeah. that thing that's internal, external. Yeah. And so what would you say to somebody who is leading volunteers to encourage them um, as they think about ways to reach out uh, through this season? What would you say that would help them maybe take that step? to send the card or set up a nice environment to connect with everybody. Yeah, so uh, we want to make sure, so one practical tip on this, as people come and serve again at your church, I, we want to go out of our way to articulate what to expect to mm -hmm. our volunteers. We we need to work really hard to, and, and this is the kind of thing that you and I may take may take just for granted, but it's we've it's always been a good practice to to be really clear with people like this is the place where you can hang up your coat mm -hmm. this is the place where you can put your purse i don't carry a purse but this is the place <laughs> where um you know th this is if you're you know we have t-shirts wear a t-shirt you know yeah. all of those kinds of things there are people who get a, actually a fair amount of anxiety around all those kinds of questions. We don't go out of our way to articulate that. Mm. Um, it's 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 not quite a training thing. It's like one step before training. It's just like, let me talk you through everything that that's going to look like. Now, you could do that in the season by shooting a video, get your iPhone out, walk through. This is what the experience is like. Um, it's even more important in this season, particularly, mm -hmm. uh, because things are a little different. All of our churches have you know, little different protocols now, right? It's not just show up. You got to like get your temperature done. Well, even when I came here today, like yeah. I, 
Uh, I haven't been to faith. I haven't been to the church here <laughs> in this past year. And so I showed up wearing my mask and, I, and it's a question in my mind. I'm like, am I going to, like, I'm, I'm assuming I'm going to wear a mask. Yeah. And so I wore a mask. I put one on and came in. But then as soon as I showed up, there's a station there with masks and, you know, hand sanitizer yeah. and all that stuff. You're going out of your way to help articulate to people, hey, this is what, you know, what it should look like. So a, a best practice in this season would be if we're trying to recall volunteers to go out of our way to try to communicate, you know, what should they expect as they come and serve in all our areas. That's like a general thing, but then specifically in all these areas, what does that yeah. look like? Yeah, and I'm just curious for those that... Um, are not serving like in the last year they have yeah. not come back to church but maybe maybe they're watching this and they're thinking hey you know what maybe i'll come back out and serve what would you say to encourage them great question so uh, so first of all if i get if you have taken a break from serving i totally understand that like it's a lot it's mm -hmm. a time a lot of time effort energy takes a lot of passion to make it happen i understand that i understand there's been hesita hesitation on this but if you were a friend of mine and we sat and we were sitting down across the table and you were to say to me like, hey, I'm, I'm thinking about maybe not serving. As a friend, I would lean in and say, because I'm assuming that you know, you're a Christ follower and you follow Jesus, I would say, I think you're making a mistake mm -hmm. for your own good, not for the church. The church doesn't frankly need you. I know that sounds like, <laughs> like a terrible thing to say to someone, but it's gonna go forward. So uh, that's why you're thinking about not serving because you're like, okay, we're, we're gonna, it's gonna be okay. And that's actually yeah. true. But for you as an individual, man, you are missing out. Why are you missing out? Because I believe deeply, and I think Scripture teaches this, and we just see this in the life of, of, of Christ, that our lives are, are need to be oriented around other people. Mm -hmm. And we have just had an extended year where our lives have been oriented, oriented around ourselves. We have had an incredibly selfish year where we have just spent most of our time mm -hmm. thinking about ourselves. And we've got to push back against that. We've, if our, you are going to have a small, shallow life if you just worry about what's good for you. So, so I would say you're missing out. You're, you know, I, we, I, we need you to lean in. Now, the other side of that, I obviously joke and say, oh, I, and I would make that joke to a friend, like, oh, we don't need you. But the flip side of that is <laughs> the church actually does need you. Yeah. You know, the, the reality of it is we have to find folks like you who are willing to come and serve and to be a part of the team that makes the mission happen. We have to find more of those people before the general public is going to be comfortable to come back. And so you might have some hesitation. And, you know, Jesus says, uh, pick up your cross daily and, and, and follow me. Now, this is nowhere near, you know, carrying a... Uh, you know, a, um, a mass punishment tool on my back. Like that's, this is not what this is like. Uh, but it might, you might get a small sliver of that. You might, there might be some hesitation that's inside of you. Yeah. And you'd actually get a little taste of what's it like to step out of your comfort zone a little bit. And, and that could actually be a gift from you because frankly, in the West, we are, we live very comfortable lives. If by definition, the fact that you're sitting watching a YouTube video now, your life is like, unlike anything of most people have ever lived in history. Mm -hmm. and, and we live such comfortable lives. But you know what? There may be an opportunity for you, if you're a little bit hesitant in this, hesitant in this season, to actually live out what that means to take up a cross and lean in and say, oh, I'm going to try something that I'm not totally comfortable with. And, and we need you to do that in this season because we need you to serve before people will come back. Yeah, Rich, that is so amazing. Thank you so much for sharing your thoughts. And as always, it's a joy to be able to sit and talk with you and just pick your brain about volunteering and serving in the church as we are right now. So thanks so much. If you are listening to the audio version of this podcast, remember to subscribe on your podcast app. And for those watching the video of edition, subscribe to our YouTube channel so that you don't miss an episode. Also, 
hop onto the discussion by following us on social media. You can find us on Instagram at 412 Canada. Thanks so much for joining us. Mm -hmm.